Our Father and our God, thank you so much for the privilege of walking close with thee. Thank you, Lord God, for the favor that you have on our lives, that you've called us to be your children, and you've called us into a life of intimacy and discipleship. Father, we need you this morning now to breathe on us, to open our eyes and our ears, that we may hear and see what the Bible says to the believer. Yes, Lord. Speak with us, by the way. Help us to understand what is complicated. Challenge us in those areas where we are unwilling, Lord, to give our all to you. We thank you on this day because you didn't have to give it to us, but by your grace and your mercy, your kindness made a way. And Lord, we are grateful today. I thank you for these brothers and the opportunity to worship in the sanctuary. Thank you for the old hymns that kept us on the journey. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen, amen. and amen. amen. I want to welcome our visitors today who are here for the very first time. Thank you for being in the New Beginnings Church. We are an expository teaching and preaching church, and that means we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible, books and chapters at a time, comma by comma and line by line. We know you could have been in one of over 500 churches in the Fresno area. Fresno is the fifth largest city in California. And that means there's over 500 churches here in this city alone. So thank you for being present today, worshiping with us. We are currently in a series titled, A New Way to Live. A New Way to Live. And our text is found in St. Luke chapter 6. St. Luke chapter 6, verses 30 through 36. If you have it, Please say amen. amen. If not, a portion of our screens are working today. I apologize in advance for that. There is a Bible under your chair. You can look on in the gospel according to Luke chapter 6. The text reads, give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Mm -hmm. yes. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Mm -hmm. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good. And lend hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. So therefore, be merciful, be just, as your Father also is merciful. And all God's amen. children said amen, amen. and amen. Baby Nichols said yay. I want to tag this message today, a new way to live, a call to generosity. A new way to live, a call to generosity. Beloved, the last time we were in this passage, we discovered that the Lord was challenging the listeners on that mountainside in Galilee yeah. to be different 
from the rest of the world. He called them to endure suffering. He called them to be powerful by serving their enemies instead of fighting their enemies. The Lord commanded them to become generous even after being robbed and taken advantage of and or being violated. He says, if they jack you for your hoodie, give them your sweatshirt too. We learn that our power as believers comes from exercising nonviolent resistance to evil that's against you in a hostile world. We learn that living in this way was the kingdom way. Do y'all remember that? It's the kingdom way to resist evil. It's the kingdom way to turn the other cheek. It's the kingdom way to love your enemies when your enemies don't love you. It's the kingdom way to do good to those who have done wrong to you. Jesus was charging the disciples with a new way to live in their wicked world with a brand new way. And today, beloved, we come again to learn how to live as kingdom people in our fallen world. Jesus has yet something to teach you and I about living in the kingdom. That's why I call this series A New Way to Live. There are three points I want to share with you today, and then I'll get on down the road. Number one, I want to talk about the disciples' charge. Uh Number two, the disciples' comparisons. Uh And then number three, the disciples' compassion. Did you catch them? They're on the screen for you there. The disciples' charge, the disciples' comparisons, and the disciples' compassion. Now let's unpack this passage and see what the Lord will do for us as we discover a new way to live out his kingdom initiatives. The disciples charge, point number one. Give, he says in verse 30, to everyone. Somebody say everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask for them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also need to do to them likewise. Beloved, when we come to this first portion of the text, we see that Jesus continues to charge the brethren to be generous. Remember that on last week? Stingy people had a hard time with last week's message. Jesus in this text first suggests to give away the things after somebody has already robbed you of them. And then he suggests, if they rob you of this, give them something extra. Jesus wanted your enemies to know that they have no power over you as a disciple. Here it is. He wanted them to know that things are just things in your mind. Money is just money in your mind. Jewelry is just jewelry in your mind. Cars are just cars. Stuff is just stuff. He was trying to get us to know that we are not to be possessed by our possessions. You are to possess them, but they are not to possess you. Can I talk to somebody who's chasing that thing? Trying to get all the houses you can get. All the cars you can get. All the clothes you can get. You can only wear one pair of shoes at a time. Come on, talk to me. You can wear more than one watch at a time, but you look foolish wearing it. You can't drive more than one car at a time. Come on, talk to me. He's trying to teach us how to live in a fallen world with a kingdom mentality. Don't let your possessions possess you. Here it is. He was teaching us that this is kingdom living and this power that's under control. Here it is. It was loving their enemies in a non-violent, resistant way. Secondly, in the text, he suggests or continues with the lesson by saying it again. Give to everyone who asks of you. Somebody say everyone. And from the one who takes away your goods, don't ask for them back. 
Here it is. Quit getting an attitude when people don't say thank you. When they don't give to you like you gave to them. Come on, talk to me. Are you with me here? He's saying if they take your stuff, don't just give it away hoping to get it back. But give it away by not asking for something back or looking for something in return. Part of our problem is we want to do nice things for people. And then when they don't do nice things for us back, we get an issue. Can I tell you, it ain't biblical for you to have an issue. If you give and they never give back to you, you ought to still give God the glory. I'm talking to some some parents with some ungrateful kids. Are you listening here? Look, look, if we ask for it back or look to get it back, it's the same as allowing your stuff to have control over you. We have to be willing to surrender our things, surrender our control over things and surrender our wants and our possessions. This is kingdom living, brothers. This is a new way to live. He's saying to us, don't let your enemies or your possessions possess control over you in this manner. Thirdly, he says this to them. He says, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. And this is powerful. For here, the lesson is on kingdom retribution. What do you mean, pastor? It's remembering the law of the Lord and that whatever comes around goes around. Does that make sense? He's saying here, if you want men to be kind to you, to be generous and kind to men. If you want men to offer you things, then you'll be the person to offer them things. In other words, don't be practicing getting even with people because they'll get even with you. I dropped something right there. Somebody saying, I'm this way because somebody hurt me. As long as you keep being that way, people going to keep hurting you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just dropped it. Can y'all hear it? Because what it's saying is you are still hurting other people. Does that make sense? And you wonder why nobody talked to you. Nobody talked to you because you don't talk to nobody. Nobody smile at you because you don't smile at nobody. Nobody shakes your hand because you don't shake nobody else's hand. It ain't that somebody's out to get you. It's your attitude. It's your issue. And because it's your attitude and your issue, you are getting back what you've given to others. Come on now. I know that didn't feel right. I know it didn't feel good. But Jesus is trying to teach us how to live a new way. Can I say some more? The lesson for the disciples is a kingdom reminder. Watch this. That behavior and attitudes matter in a fallen world. Can I repeat that? Your behavior and your attitude, it matters in a fallen world. We don't have our kids zoned up and running yet. We will in two or three weeks. So while I got the youth, let me just tell them this. If your mama and daddy have an attitude with you, you probably started it. You know, when mama say something to you, smack, roll your eyes. She got to call you 30 times before she, your daddy call you. Come on, talk to me. And then when you call, they don't say nothing. You probably started it. The discipleship matter is this. Do to others as you would have others to do to you. Can I say some more? The text is dealing with generosity. If you are generous to others, somebody's going to be generous to you. If you are kind to others, somebody will be kind to you. If you're concerned for others, somebody will be concerned for you. If you're compassionate for others, somebody will be compassionate towards you. If you're like Christ to others, somebody will be like Christ to you. Jesus was giving the secret to kingdom living in a fallen world. That's what I love about these Beatitudes. Pastor Freddie Haynes of Dallas, uh, Texas, tells the story of a businessman whose name was Muhammad Yunus. Haynes said Muhammad was given the Nobel Peace Prize in 2006 for his entrepreneurial insights for serving poor people. 
Muhammad came up with the idea that the way to combat global poverty was to empower, uh, uh, here you go, Brother, Brother Kalungu, to empower poor people with resources so they can start their own businesses. Yeah, yeah. And that was one way to combat poverty in their particular villages. One day, Pastor Haynes said he was on an elevator at a hotel in Africa. And his room was on the top floor, but the elevators were down. So in order to get to his room, he had to catch the service elevator. And it was on his way to the service elevator, on the service elevator, that he recognizes Eunice's work. He said, in order to get to the top, I got to catch service. Or I got to take the service elevator to get to the top. Uh, Let me say it another way. In order to be great in this world, guess how you got to get there? Service. Are you with me here? And he says that that, that's the problem with a lot of us. We don't want to serve our way to the top. We want to step on people to get to the top. But the truth is in the kingdom, you ain't got to stab nobody in the back. Are you with me here? You ain't got to steal nobody else's members. Hello, is this thing on? You ain't got to cut across corners. You ain't got to cheat. You ain't got to lie. Just serve your way to the top. And then when you serve your way to the top, everybody else will know how you got there. In other words, serving others will make you prosper. Serving others will always lift you up in life. Serving others will cause you to be lifted and also allow you to lift others. That's what Jesus is describing in this verse. He said, treat people, man, how you want to be treated. Help others by serving others and lift somebody who can't lift themselves. Our problem is, just like the one we used to talk about in the hood, in the church many times we have the crab in the barrel mentality. I ain't going to let you get high because you might get higher than me. And so somebody want to pull you down on your way to serving other people. Can I tell you, that ain't kingdom mentality. You serve to get to the top. Jesus said, the greatest in my kingdom is going to be the one who serves somebody else. We've looked at the disciples' charge. Let's look now at the disciples' comparison. He says in verse 2, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. Verse 34. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Beloved, when we come to this second point, we see Jesus asking three rhetorical questions. And he's asking them for a crowd of disciples, much like us, who are struggling with this idea of being generous, kind, and service-oriented toward their enemies. Did you hear me? That they were struggling. How do I know? Because it's a human problem to struggle with being kind. It's a human problem to struggle with being generous. These questions are rhetorical because they ask, they are rather asked to induce an action from the hearers. In other words, just by hearing the question, you already know what the answer is. He says, he says, he wants to make a comparison so you and I will know we ought not be like the world. He suggests three things. If we love people because they are believers, then we're no different than non-believers. He says, if we do good to people because they are believers, then we're no different from non-believers. He suggests that if we lend to others that we hope to get back from, then we are no different than non-believers. In other words, believers that do the same thing to people they know and love are no different than sinners. Our challenge is to love, to do good, and to lend to those who are not believers. Let me say it this way. Love those and do good to those. Lend to those who don't believe like you. Live like you. Look like you. Worship like you. Serve 
like you. Y'all with me here? And who have no intention on paying you back. That's the challenge. And that's the comparison. Can I tell you, I was so convicted about this this week. All right. Can I let you in my closet? I failed as a pastor this week. Can I tell you why? There was a homeless guy that hangs out on the campus. And uh, he came one day when I was going 95 miles an hour. And he said, Pastor, can I have some food? Yeah, I know we got food in there. I said, no, nah, man, not today. Wow. Yes, I did. Wow. Yes, I did. And I went home and the Lord said, boom. Hold still. Boom. I couldn't sleep all night. I'm just letting you in my closet. Next day I came up here, I was busy flying 100 miles an hour. Guess who showed up? Because I told the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. If you give me another chance, I'm going to make it right. I broke my neck getting to him. Y'all didn't hear Y'all didn't I usually keep him outside the church. Little clip, I keep him outside in the heat. I, I let the door in, come on, brought him up to the front yeah, seat. Y'all, yeah. yeah. was trying to teach me something. Right, yes, sir. Right. I said, are you hungry? He said, yes, sir. And he said, did he pull out a little program? He said, what time is church? I said, well, it's got 10 o'clock is this time. Men, we meet here this time. I, said, I knew he was taking the food to sell it, but I didn't care. Because God had been dealing with me in this text. Yes, sir. Y'all with me in here? I went in there and God grabbed some stuff. I couldn't give him canned food because what a homeless man going to do with canned food? Nothing, Reverend. I grabbed everything that he could eat right now in his pocket. Are y'all with me here? And gave it to him. Blessed him. And sent him on his way. God was trying to deal with me. Why are you only giving to people who look like they're going to make it? Yeah, yeah. My God. Why are you only giving to people who can bless you or say something nice to you? Now, can I turn the light on? I'm the pastor. And if I got the problem, I ain't going to even look at you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Aaron, when he was a little, taught me a lesson in Alabama. I was on my way to the mother church, New Beginnings. Reverend Jones was driving down the freeway, and there was this one exit where the homeless guys used to always hang out. And you got to pull up to the turning light where they hit, right? And I saw this guy. I saw him. I saw him, Crawford. I pulled up to the light, and I just looked my other way. <laughs> Alex was with his mom, and Aaron was with me. And Aaron said, Dad, Dad. Aren't you going to bless him with some money? I said, I ain't got no money. He said, yeah, you do, Dad. It's right there. Oh, oh, I said, shut up, boy. <laughs> Are you with me here? And the homeless guy was standing right there with his sign right in my window. Y'all know what I had to do? Push that Baptist window down. Reach into that tray. Come on, talk to me. And reluctantly... I gave it to him. I didn't give it to him because the Lord commanded me to. I gave it to him because my son convicted me. He said, love them. Do good to them. But if you only doing it because they're like you, what good is that? Right? Even sinners do this. Watch this. Uh, if I do it for that reason because they're members of the church, or because I know they love the Lord, then my motive for doing it is not a kingdom motive. It's a selfish motive. And selfish motives don't advance the kingdom agenda. Can I say some more? The kingdom way is to serve without notice. The kingdom way is to serve without caring about recognition. Without caring about reimbursement. The kingdom way is to serve those who are not inside of the kingdom and to serve those who don't know the Christ or Christianity. The kingdom way is to serve without getting something in return, to serve without strings attached. And I believe Jesus in this portion of our text is calling for you and I, beloved, to be different from the world. 
and show love, do good, and lend others. Here it is. He's calling us to be different from the Red Cross. To be different from Walmart. To be different from United Nations. To be different from Amazon. Different for Habitat of Humanity. And the other folks that love to meet humanitarian needs. These are not wrong, but he says you got to be different than them. Yes, Why? They love the poor too. They, they serve the needy too. They give to others too. But they don't do it in the name of Jesus. That's the difference. Are you with me here? They have some other form of self-grandizement. Maybe there's another human need to say, look, I served somebody. I did something good. But there's a difference between doing something good and doing something good in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. Well said. Well said. Can I say some more? When we do it for the name, we do it out of obedience. A lot of other people just do it to feel good about themselves. Look at us. We collected some clothes. Look at us. We got some school supplies. Look at us. We wrapped some Christmas presents and sent them off to little kids who don't know what, don't know what Christmas is. That's good. I'm not mad. Congratulations. But when you do it in the name of Jesus, you do it to further the gospel. Now, the gospel is your motive for doing it and not the ability to pat yourself on the back. To say, look how good a person I am. Holler at me, somebody. Tell me there's a difference. Look, beloved, we got to do it out of obedience. Not out of some self-compassion or some self-component to advance the human race as we are better when we do good and when we do acts of love. It's more than just doing it out of love, somebody. We got to do it for the name. We got to do it out of the name, on behalf of the name, because of the name, to further the name. That makes us different from the world. That makes us different from the sinner and the one who does it for another good reason. Here it is. Jesus is literally calling for you and I to look different, be different. Serve different, walk different, talk different because you are different. Our narrative ought not be the same as the unbelieving world. See, there's no such thing as a a Christian who works in Congress. You are a Christian congressman. There's no, no such thing as a Christian that drives garbage trucks. You're a Christian driver. Are you with me here? Everything you do as a Christian, you do it to further the name. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter what your occupation is, right? Your occupation does not come before who you are. Your title comes before your occupation. Ain't no such thing as just a mom. I'm a Christian mother. You know what that means? I'm shaping an eternal witness for eternity. I can't have no days off. I'm shaping a home that impacts a community, that impacts a city, that transforms a nation, that transforms a world. I can't go to sleep on my job. What you mean I'm just a mom? Sit down, let me tell you more about what I do. Don't you believe a lie that being a mom is insignificant? Please. Can I tell you, Jesus had a mama? taught him how to be faithful as a carpenter. I feel like preaching to your mind if I run it. Who you think taught him how to, what it would look like for him to live celibate? He was 100% man and 100% God. Meaning he was subject to all the temptations that you and I are temptated with. He was just as much man as he was God. And Mary had the opportunity, help me preach it all God, to shape and make and mold him into the man that God the Father was hoping and raising him to be. Ain't no such thing as just a mama. She was pouring into him, shaping his character, developing his content, so that when he stood on that mountainside in Galilee, he knew who he was as a man. 
wasn't confused, wasn't jocked up in his psychology because mama was nurturing him the whole time. I wish I had a listener in here. Can I say some more? Jesus is trying to challenge and charge the disciples to live in a different way in a fallen world. I've talked to you about the disciples. Yes, charge. Listen now to the disciples' compassion. When you get to verse 35, he's calling them again, right? The law of repetition to be compassionate. He starts out by saying, but love your enemies. He keeps saying that. Do good. Keep saying that. And lend. He keeps saying that. Somebody holler generous. He's saying these things and he says, hoping for nothing in return. And then he says, watch this. And your reward will be great. He won't say you get paid right now for doing it. This is a future reward, right? Your reward will be great. And then he says, and you will be sons of the most high or children of the most high. For he, the most high, the father, is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father is also merciful. Beloved, when we come to this final portion of the text, we hear the Lord compelling the disciples to be believers of compassion. Come on, guys. Listen listen to me right here. He's compelling us to be people who are compassionate. Not just people who are compassionate in here. We need you to be compassionate out there. He's calling for them to love their enemies. To do good to people who offend them. He's calling them to lend without looking for something in return. And then he says, your reward will be great. Look at this. This arrested me. Rodney Brown, this this arrested me. Good to see you. Their reward will be great. And watch this now. I didn't see this to the end of the week, Cochran. In their reward, they will start to look like the Father. Can I say some more? By doing these things... Loving, doing good, lending to people, right? Loving their enemies. They will start to transform themselves into what the Father looks like. They'll begin to imitate Him as they walk for Him in a fallen world. Uh, There's something wrong with you if you've been walking with God for a little while, but you don't look like Him yet. What do you mean? He goes on to say, these are some of the attributes that your father have. I I have the privilege of having my grandsons around me a lot. And uh, I love them dudes. You know, they don't look like me. (laughs) They look like they daddy. And they got the same attributes. Oh, y'all missed it. That they daddy got. Now, how is it that the son, the grandsons can look like their daddy? They spend time with him. They spend time with their father. And when they spend time with their father, they start to take on his quirkiness. I just dropped something right there. See, the more you spend time with God, the more you ought to start to resemble him. His attributes ought to be your attributes. Now, if you tell me I'm a believer, but I still hate people, I'm like, I'm questioning your, your confession. Yeah. If you're telling me I'm, I'm a believer, but you're stingy, you won't, give to, you won't give to people, you don't love nobody but those that run in your crew, I'm doubting you. you you're not spending time with your father. Because there there the more I hang with my daddy, Elohim, the more I keep my pockets empty. The more I depart from the possessions of this world. It's quiet in here. Y'all not helping me. 
That's okay. I don't need your help today. Take a Sunday off. It'll be all right. Can I tell you what he looks like? Look what the Bible says. He is kind. Right? And then he is kind to those who are unthankful. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I let you in my class? One time we was... Uh, I think I was in San Francisco. Sister Wilson will have to remind me. And I went to give a homeless man some change. And I went to give him the change. And he looked at it and just pulled his hand back. To say, I don't want your change. Like, Negro, I know you got some dollars in there. And I just, okay. Kept my change and moved on. And got an attitude back with him. Guess what the father would have did? Reached in and got the bills. I learned. Are you listening here? God is kind even to the unthankful. Yes, sir. Said something. Not only that, He's kind to the evil. How many know it's different from being? You know, it's difference between being kind and being evil. He's thankful. I mean, he, he's kind, Lisa, even to those who hate him. And this is what he wants you to look like. Y'all listening? Not only that, he's also merciful to those who are unthankful. I'm trying to help somebody who just said, I'm through. I'm not going to do nothing else for him. God is saying, oh, yes, you are. I'm trying to get you to look like me. I'm trying to get you to take off the stuff you inherited and put on something that I'm trying to get you to look like. Can I say some more? By the disciples becoming compassionate to their enemies and by them serving their enemies and by them being generous to their enemies, they are showing the world what the Father looks like when they act like him. When they look like him, when they do what he does, then they reveal to the world what the father looks like. One of the one of the, the things that drives me crazy is how evangelicals, right, who supposed to know the gospel can get downright indignant with a sinful world that don't know him. They don't know it's wrong to kill babies. Why are you getting mad and hostile at them? God is saying, look, man, be kind to them, even if they are evil. Are you with me here? Evangelicals, listen, we got to quit getting angry and mad and getting all ugly in the face. It's not a good picture of your daddy. Say some more. If God is kind to those who are unthankful. Who should we be? If God shows mercy to the sinner, we should show mercy to the sinner. If he's generous in his benevolence, we too should be generous from our benevolence. Look, Jesus reveals the Father's compassion for those who are his enemies. That's what Calvary was about. The Father's compassion caused him to, to send his only begotten son to a world that was hostile against him, yet he came anyway. Yes, a world that was his enemy. A world that robbed from him. A world that despitefully used him. A world that cursed and rejected him. Yes, he was and is merciful yeah. toward man. Amen. Can I call roll? When he gives rain, he don't just give it to the Christian. When he gives oxygen, he don't just let the Christian breathe. Y'all ain't talking to me. When he gives life and they waste it, he still gives it to them. Y'all ain't here? When he gives health and they go ahead and jack it up, he don't get mad, but he gives every man a day to come in and a day to go out. When he gives hope, he don't just give it to you. He gives it to the evil one also. See, you can't talk to me about the character of God when you don't really know God. 
Are you listening to me? God gives salvation even when folks refuse it and reject it. Why? Because of his mercy and his kindness. I love old crazy Craig White. My brother said one time, we always hollering out, have mercy, God. God have mercy every day. Without you even crying for it. Every day his mercies are new. Who you think sustained the evil one while you were asleep last night? Who you think puts the hedge of protection around your country? I hope you don't think it was your national defense system. No, sir, it was not. was not. It's God who says which nation rises and which nation falls. It's God who keeps your airplane in the sky. That ain't technology. Are you with me here? Science is nice. It has a nice discipline to it. I'm grateful for those who are expanding the brain and allowing God to do with them what they're able to do. But at the end of the day, it's his mercy. That keep me from going crazy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm the only one in here. Mine keep playing tricks on him. Y'all with me here? That old ghetto boy theology. Y'all know it. Mind playing tricks on me, right? It's God who keeps the mind from going into spaces it can't be retrieved from. I just want us to check ourselves in here today. And just in case we forget, we start thinking, it's, I did this myself. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I, I made it from where I am. Come on, talk to me. I became ghetto fabulous on my own tricks of the trade. No, you didn't fool. It's the mercy of God that kept you from being where you should be. I don't know how I got out there, but it felt good. God is kind to the evil. Come on, y'all don't want to talk church with me today, but let me just come down your row. Remember when you was turning all them tricks? And today you AIDS free? You better holler mercy. Remember all the people you robbed blind? Stole from? And you got your little stuff you got today and ain't nobody did it back to you? You better holler mercy. Remember the time he tried to take your life and he kept you from killing yourself? You ought to holler mercy. Y'all y'all too cool. I'm going to preach it all. Are you with me here? I remember being in the dope house, crawling on the floor for crumbs, crying for God to have mercy. And look at me now, fat, dumb, and happy. He brought me out of there. Are you listening? But I'm gonna tell you, I remember being in the club with the pistol right here, and the boy pulling the trigger, and I'm running out the back door. Mercy! I remember being at the party, hanging on the balcony, and the drive-by happened. Buckshots all in the back of my head, shot up in all my body, and went to the emergency room, and all he had to do was lay me on the gurney and scrape the buckshots off the backside of my body. Mercy! I remember being gang jumped in the jail. I'm the only one on the road that's claiming what I'm claiming. I get the beat down for the other brothers who own the other tier, and the guards come in and save me from the next point of death. Ain't nothing but the mercy of God. You can't tell me nothing about who he is. Are you with me here? And if God will have mercy on the evil and be kind to those who don't know it, he said, Wilson, this is how I'm trying to get you to look. I'm trying to change the way you look. I'm trying to change the way you think. I'm trying to change the way you act. And that's why I keep allowing you to go through what you're going through. Well, I got to get out of here. But Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. Because we didn't know what God the Father looked like. He sent 
a picture for you to hold on to. Y'all not with me? So every now and then, I, on my screensaver, I got a picture of my girl. Yes. And if you ever see my girl, you know why I keep some picture of her. When I look at my girl, I look at mercy. What God did for me. Can I say some more? It's just something about a picture. Makes me smile and ain't nobody told a joke. Are you with me here? I just have a picture and it gets me happy when I think of that. Well, I can imagine what the father was like when he saw Jesus walking on the dusty streets of Palestine. I can imagine what he thought when he saw his son go down into the waters of the muddy Jordan. I heard what he said. This is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. Are you with me here? Can you imagine what he thought of his son when he saw him go through the temptation in the wilderness? 40 days and 40 nights being tempted by the evil one. Look at the visible image of the invisible God feeding the homeless on the hillside in Galilee. Look at the visible image walking the dusty streets of Palestine giving sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, walking on water, raising the dead, casting out devils. God the Father was pleased at what his son was looking like in the earth. Can I say some more? That same son embodied the mission of the father and took upon the sins of humanity, died on an old rugged cross so that they would know how the father felt all about them. Died with nails in his hands. Died with a spear in his side. Died with a crown of thorns on his head. And before he died, pray, Father! Forgive them, Lord, because they know not what they do. The father was well pleased at the father, the son's attributes, and let him die and put him in a borrow tomb. And early Sunday morning, God the father raised him back to life. And now he sits at the right hand of God. Why did Jesus do that? So you can know exactly what the father looks like, how the father's love, and how you can be reconciled. To this God. This whole text I'm through is teaching us about being compassionate and having compassion for those who don't know the Lord. It's teaching us how to be generous, beloved, with all that God has given us. I'm closing when I tell you this story. Story is told of a young woman, single mom living in the projects, doing her best to try to raise her kids by herself. She was next door to the grocery store trying to buy some food for her babies. When she noticed that the fire trucks and engines were racing to and fro through the projects, and all of a sudden she got that mother's intuition. And mothers, y'all know what that's like. Well, you just feel like something is wrong. She dropped her stuff at the checkout store and ran back home because she left her newborn sleeping uh -uh. while she ran to the project's grocery store right next door. Lord. And as she ran up the block and around the corner, she saw the fire engines and the hoses pointed at her unit where she lived. And she ran to the chief who was on top of the ladder and said, Mr. Fireman, my baby is in there. And the chief said, I'm sorry, man, but if anything is in there, it's no longer alive. And just then, a rookie fireman stepped out from the side of the truck and he hollered, Chief, I got a baby at home too. And if my baby was up in the building, I'd want somebody to go get him. I'll volunteer. And the Bible, or not the Bible, but the story is true. And it says that the man got up on the ladder, the chief hoisted me to the burning flames. And in a matter of seconds, the fireman came to the window with a little bundle in his hand and he cast the bundle out into the net to save the baby's life. And right when he threw the baby out, the blaze of sin had tore down the apartment complex and the entire structure collapsed. Well, the same woman 20 years later was kneeling one day at the tombstone of the man who sacrificed it all. She was weeping and giving God thanks 
for all that he had done for her. When a passerby came up and said, ma'am, I'm sorry for your loss. Was this your husband? She said, no, no. Was this your brother? She said, no, no. Was this your son? She said, no, no. This was the man who gave his life for me. And I stopped by to tell you that the Bible when it says no greater love is this than when a man who will lay down his life for a friend. It's the constant compassionate call that God has for you and I as we live in a fallen world. It's great, beloved, to die for those whom you love. It's great for you to die for those who know you. But can I tell you, the maturity in Christianity is for you to be able to die for any man. That's what God is trying to get us, to be believers who are compassionate so that it's no longer about us living our lives for us. Beloved, where are you today? How selfish are you in your Christian walk? How selfish are you with the few days and weeks that God has given you? God is trying to raise and elevate the standard and the mindset for you and I as we live in the upside down kingdom in a fallen world. That's what this text is about. I mentioned four weeks ago when we started this series, this is a big boy and a big girl series. God is challenging and pulling you into a deeper walk, a selfless walk, a more compassionate walk, and that's the Bible. Will you bow with me forward in prayer? Father, help us. We're surrounded by lies and images that constantly tell us to get all we can get, do all we can do for ourselves. And that message flies directly against what you are calling us to do and be as disciples. Father, help us to be woke, to know that nothing we do in this world is about us, but it's about you and looking more like you. Forgive us for our good selfish ambitions. Yet the underlining motive is always about me, myself, and I. Forgive us for missing the message. Now today we come to say thank you for your word. Thank you for shining this truth, teaching us how to live a new way. Ah, God, we don't want to be independent Christians. We. We want to be Christians in community that live together for the purpose and cause of Christ. We want people to know our Father. We want to resemble you in our giving, our living, our serving. We want to resemble you by being kind to those who are unthankful, by being loving to those who are evil. Help us to do it, God. is hard. But thank you for modeling for us through Jesus how it can be done. And corporately, I want to pray and I want to repent on behalf of the church. Lord, I'm sorry. We're sorry for not wanting to do more in this zip code and other zip codes and in this city for you. Forgive us. I see why you would hold back your resources. I see why you would hold back talents and gifts. But we ain't ready. We ain't ready. But I'm sorry that we ain't ready. Would you get us ready?
Get us ready to live on another level. Get us ready to be true disciples in the upside down kingdom. And God, today, if there's one here in the house who doesn't know you, who is separated from you from sin, and who is on their way to a burning hell, I pray that today they've heard your words and that they would come wanting to know this loving father who gave this beautiful son that they might be born again. Would you save them today? Draw them to yourself. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you, Lord. In your name, I pray. Beloved, I'd like to do three things. The first is ask you to stand. The second, brother preachers, deacons, come stand with me at the altar. And the third is to issue this challenge to you today. Third is to issue this challenge to you today. If you are here today and there is a personal area in your life, you need to do business with God. Deaconess, would you come and stand next to your husbands? Deaconess, would you come and stand next to your husbands? So you can pray with the ladies as they come. There's here, you're here. There's an area in your life. You say, Pastor, I got to deal with this. I don't like this evil person. I'm having a hard time loving him. I need somebody to pray with me over this. You come. Do business with God. And secondly, you may be here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not a believer. I don't have a personal relationship with God. I want to know him. I want to give him my life. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you right where you are. And invite God to come into your life. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved today, beloved, and begin your kingdom walk. Won't you come? Because he who has the Son has life. But he who has not the Son has not life. Get eternal life today by getting the Son, Jesus the Christ. The altar is open. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm one of them Christians that's struggling, man. I'm like you. I saw that dude homeless and I didn't have time to deal with him. Yep, I confessed it. You already know how to pray for me. When God gives you an opportunity to fix it, though, you fix it. Come on, do business with him today. I know you ain't perfect. Ain't one perfect person in here. That's right. Some of y'all get mad when people walk in here and want attention. Right. I said it. Do business with God. I'm through when I say this. On that day, when we stand before him, a lot of us, but Tommy, we always think about how good it's going to be to see him. Can I tell you, it ain't going to be good for everybody? You might make it in. But when you see him, and he reminds you, because the Bible says there will be deeds, you'll be judged by the deeds done in the body. You're not judged for seeing Jesus took that on the cross. It's all that other stuff he was trying to do in you on earth. There's going to be some shame. You're sitting under a crazy preacher like Wilson. <laughs> telling you every week what God wants. Holiness is the standard. And you kept doing you. You're going to give account for that. I have to give an account for everything that's said up here. That's why I go after and get after it like I do. And let you in my closet. He's working on me as I'm giving it to you. Yes, sir. There is some repentance that is needed in the life of a believer because we got issues. Somebody say, I got issues. I got issues. Come on, come on, come on, come on today. This message, if it's speaking to you, 
fix it. This, this hymn is for you, this chorus. The song is I Surrender All. I Surrender All. Let's sing one chorus of it. I surrender all. Oh, I surrender all. All to thee. My blessed Savior, blessed Savior, I surrender all. You may be seated. Oh, to Jesus, I surrender Try. 